Grace, mercy, and peace to each one of you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you please bow your head with me? We've gathered here, Lord, to hear your word. We pray that you would bless that word now as it goes forth, that it will accomplish your purposes in our hearts and in our minds. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> well, just as we, as we thought this, uh, this COVID virus was kind of wrapping itself up, it has, it has sprung back out again. The numbers were up again this past week. In fact, they've been up for the last two months, slow on a slow incline. But hopefully, in just a little while, it will be back on the downcline again, and and. Uh, in just a few months then, this thing probably will be a thing of the past. At least that's what we're hoping for. For many of us, this virus has been nothing more than a minor inconvenience. For others, this has brought about family tragedy. Not only have people died from it, loved ones, but family businesses have been destroyed. Profits that have been saved for many years for retirement have been lost in some families. But for a few, it's been a massive benefit, this virus has. There are companies out there that have benefited greatly from this virus. For example, Clorox. Their profits were up this past year. You can imagine why. What about Purell? Who would have guessed there would ever have been a shortage of hand sanitizer? But a year ago, remember that? There was a shortage, well, in toilet paper too, for that matter. And who would have ever thought there'd be a shortage on those things? Who ever heard of a company called Zoom before about a year ago, right? Or maybe a year and a half. I sure hadn't. Domino's Pizza. Up. Their sales were up 25% over the last year. Their profits were up. Why? Well, because they deliver, right? The delivery companies have had a booming business over the last year. People, some people don't want to go out. You can order your groceries on DoorDash now from Hy-Vee, and they'll go pick up your groceries. They'll even pick them out for you in the store and then deliver them to your house. My daughter is doing that right now on, on DoorDash. Delivery has become really really popular over the last year. I don't know if it will decline in popularity after this year, but for right now, it's still very popular. And our lesson for this morning, found in Romans chapter 4, talks about a delivery. Here's what it says. Romans chapter 4, verse 25, it says this. He, that is Jesus, was delivered over to death for our sins, and was raised to life for our justification. That's our lesson for this morning, and it is the Word of God that we want to consider for the next few moments. And it has two parts. The first part is this, the delivery, that is, that Jesus was delivered to death. And then the second part, that he was raised to life again, for our justification. What we want to do this morning is, is uh, meditate for a few minutes on each part in turn, first the delivery and then the resurrection. He was delivered, our lesson says. There's something 
fascinating about the way the word delivery is used in this passage that is different than the way it is used most of the time in the Bible. This word, or one of its cognates, appears over 3,000 times in the scripture, this word delivery. Let me quote a few of these verses to you while I hope that you can't hear my phone ringing in my pocket right now. <laughs> first is, first is, is Psalm 50, chapter 15. It says this, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will what? I will deliver you, and you will glorify me. Second Peter chapter 2 says, The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation. Job chapter 5, He shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. Switched over to King James there on that last one. I don't know if you noticed this, but in all those passages and in nearly every one of the others in the in the Bible, where God is used in the same sentence as the word deliver, God is the deliverer. But not in this passage this morning, not in our lesson this morning. In our lesson for this morning, God is the one who is delivered. And he's not delivered from something, he is delivered to something, and it is God the Son, it is our Lord Jesus, and he is delivered to death, to death on the cross. And so here we see him who is our deliverer delivered over to death. Listen again. He was delivered over to death for our sins. I don't know about you, but I have this, I have this, this way of minimizing my own sins. Saying to myself, well, this wasn't that bad. And yeah, maybe I hurt somebody's feelings. Maybe I did this, maybe I did that. But it wasn't, it wasn't one of the really big sins. But when you think of your sins in light of what it costs to pay for them, there are no small sins, are there? It took nothing less than God's own son delivered to death and not just any death, but death upon the cross to pay for your sins. In light of that, sin is no small thing. When we get to heaven, I think one of the things that's going to amaze us, as we look back upon our life, is that we will be amazed at just how steeped in sin we really were. How not a single act that we performed in this life was free from it that it was all in some way or other tainted by sin. And it will be even more amazing than that, that God loved us in spite of it. Now, why was Jesus delivered over to death for our sins? Well, because there was no other payment good enough, there was no other payment big enough to pay the price for our sins, but his payment was both. Because he was God the Son, his payment was good enough, he was without sin, and because he was God, his payment was big enough to pay for our sins. But then not only was Jesus delivered over to death, our lesson says this morning, for our sins, but he was also then raised to life for our justification. 
And we often speak about our Lord's resurrection like this. And it's absolutely true, but we often say this, at least I've often said it, that the coming out of the grave on Easter morning of our Lord Jesus was God's announcement that he had accepted the suffering death as satisfying the price of the world's sin. Now, that's absolutely true. If the payment by Jesus had not been enough, he would still be in that grave. Thank God it was enough. Thank God it paid the price of our sins. Because of that, we are without sin now. But the resurrection of Jesus was more than that, more than just a sign that God was satisfied. Listen to what it says. He was raised to life for our justification. Both his death on the cross and his resurrection were both for our justification. Now, what does justification mean? It means to be declared not guilty, to be declared righteous. One Bible scholar said it this way. He said the resurrection was God's absolution on the whole world. It was more than an announcement of forgiveness. It was an application of God's forgiveness to the entire world so that everybody on this earth has had their sins washed away. All that is left is to believe it. Believe that it is true for you. It is true for you. Your sins have been forgiven. You believe it and then you receive the benefit of it. And that has great practical application in several ways. First of all, there are people who carry around a list in their mind of some of the sinful things that they've done in their past. And these things rise to the top on the list of their sins, right? And Satan drops by now and then to bring those things to your remembrance. Those painful memories are called to mind. And, and we begin to wish we could relive that painful moment over again. Maybe that happens to you now and then. What you need to know is this, that what God declares becomes reality. He spoke, let there be light, and poof, there was light. And he declared, you are righteous. You are righteous in his eyes. Believe it. When your sins were taken away, they were all taken away. He didn't leave some of them behind. Believe it, it's true. And then secondly, there are also people who see their past sins and they are grateful that they've been forgiven, but they say, what if I go out and do this again? What if I fall into sin like I did before? And they're afraid. Afraid they may not make it to the end of their life before they fall away from God. Listen, you're not going to out-sin the grace of God. He will hold you to the end, and he will see you through until you are with him in glory. Thirdly, a third application of this is the fact that he was raised for our justification is this, that you have a living Savior, a Savior who is on your side. Your sins are forgiven. He's on your side now. God is not just a spectator of your life. He is your God. He is your Savior. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and what? I will deliver you, he says. Be of good cheer. 
you have his promise. Amen. May the peace that passes all understanding keep your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting.